Wait, are you talking about a physical notepad? Because that would actually make sense in your case, Ward. <laughs> I just smack two rocks together when I program. And- Does your team need to master AngularJS? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day in-person workshop class for individuals or teams. Bring us to your site or send developers to ours, angularbootcamp.com. This episode is sponsored by Kendo UI. The Kendo UI family of UI components delivers everything you need to quickly and easily build rich, responsive Angular 1 and 2 applications. Kendo UI for Angular 2 is built from the ground up on TypeScript as 100% native components with zero jQuery dependencies. Kendo UI for jQuery works seamlessly with Angular 1.x, so you can build apps with declarative data binding, routing, form validation, and more. Kendo UI can help you speed up the development time for your next application by up to 50%. Go check them out at devchat.tv slash kendoui. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 124 of the Adventures in Angular show. This week on our panel, we have Lucas Rubelke. Hello. Joe Eames. Hey, everybody. Alyssa Nichol. Hey, it's actually Alyssa Nichol. Nichol, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? This is yeah. Wait, Nyquil? Like, it sounds Nyquil. like Nyquil. Yes, it sounds like Nyquil. Yes, Nyquil. Nyquil. Well, ne- <laughs> next time I'm going to introduce you that way, you're going to like, no. I'll go with Nyquil. I like it. <laughs> Put people to sleep like that. <laughs> uh, John Papa. Hi. Ward Bell. What am I doing here? <laughs> I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. I don't know, because you're definitely a senior and not a junior. Oh, 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 this is it. We're going to be, get, this is it. We're going to get serious now. We're going to get into age discrimination. Yeah. <laughs> We've covered just about every other kind in the pre-show. So. It's, and let's face it, it's the only uh, group discriminated against that I'll ever get to join. Wait, the seniors? The, the, yeah, the, you know, age discriminated against developer because in every other respect, and this is going to feed right into our show topic, in every other respect, I am as privileged as it gets. <laughs> it's great to be me. Rich. So uh, we, we did have the, the, the discussion beforehand. We decided to talk about um, being a junior and what it means to be a junior and what it means to sort of move beyond being a junior. Is, is, does that sum it up okay, or is there more yeah. to it than that? Sure. Yeah, like, is like, and how, you know, how long does it take to, like, become, like, to get to that point where you're, you're not a senior developer, but you're also not a noob either, and does, like, how much of that does that transfer to other jobs, other skill sets, or is it basically back to square one if you choose, you know, not an Angular shop kind of thing? So, can I ask Let, Let's, wait, I want to start, I want to start with some euphemisms for junior programmer. Euphemisms. Um, yeah, like, like, and and how low does it I go? I can only imagine. <laughs> so, Alyssa, start us off. You've got, you've got, a, I mean, there's junior. What yeah. else do they, what else do they use? A double junior? <laughs> double junior? I've never heard of that. Uh, do, uh, do noob? We need a trigger warning on this? <laughs> no, newbie, noob, yeah. rube, um, tyro. Tyro. Um, tyro? I've never heard yeah. of tyro. Oh, You're making stuff up now. No, 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 no. That's your dictionary <laughs> the kids for the are day. It these days. Look it up. <laughs> We're not hip like Ward. <laughs> oh. You don't spend a lot of time reading the dictionary instead of getting work done. <laughs> oh okay. my gosh. It's actually a word. 
Yes. No, it's not. What does it say? Tyro. Tyro. Noun. A beginner or novice. Novice, beginner, learner, neophyte, newcomer, initiate, fledgling, more. I tip my hat to you, sir. That's why I am a senior developer. (laughs) champion. He knows more ways to call people noobs than anyone else. Exactly. I think even if we, especially if we have time, I think that's another interesting like topic is, is it difficult to be a senior developer from the aspect of nobody wants to hire you because they don't want to pay that much money or they, they would rather, I don't know, work with someone that doesn't exist. exist. (laughs) Unless it's your uncle. Oh my gosh. That's a lie? Oh, that happens all the time for me. I see so many places trying to hire, but they're like, you know what? I want a junior developer with 10 years experience in Angular. Because they don't want to pay. <laughs> yeah. Next. So I, I, I wanted to ask to begin with, um, is it even a useful distinction to call someone a junior developer? I mean, whether it's useful or not, people do it. That's right? True. Like job descriptions do it. But uh, hey, labels are always useful. That's right. Uh, Wait, def- define what you mean by is it useful? Like, are, do you think it's like harming people by calling them juniors? No, I, I really don't have any doubt of that. I think some people, you know, well, everybody, for one thing, everybody means something different by junior. So I've talked to companies that are trying to hire and they're like, well, we don't want any junior developers. I'm like, well, what's a junior developer? And they're like, oh, less than two years experience or, you know, blah, 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 blah. But ultimately, what if you dig deep enough, what they're really worried about is they're not going to be able to find somebody who can solve their problems that they're either going to have to train or otherwise, yeah, just can't step in and contribute easily mm. initially. I see. But, but I find that, you know, a lot of people, yeah, they chalk it up to experience. How many jobs have you worked? How many systems have you worked in? How many, how many years have you been doing angular? How many, you know, and, and a lot of those it's like, well, so they've, you know, they've been programming for 20 years and you're going to call them a junior because they've only been doing Angular for a year? Mm. I mean, I'd love to know where you guys are at. Like, how how long have you been in the industry? And at what point, if you're, like, there yet, did you technically become a non-junior developer? First of all, actually, I do think there's some... some marginal utility to understanding that some somebody's saying, hey, I'm, I'm a new developer or I'm a junior developer mm-hmm. because it says you have no experience. Um, I'm more, you know, I find that more interesting than somebody who says they're a senior developer because they could have 10 years of experience, but it could be 10 years of doing the same thing that somebody had <laughs> done one year 10 times. And so they haven't really evolved. Um, or, uh, you know, I've had 10 years, but I've been there, 10 years doing one thing my whole life. I've done one thing Well, that without that exposure to other varieties of things, you, you don't evolve. So I can't tell by the number, usually t- I can't usually tell by the number of years, whether somebody's, um, that means they're a better programmer than they were if they had only had one year or two years. I but agree. telling me you only, telling me you only have one year or two years is useful information. Yeah, I know, I, I, I know you can't know very much. If you've if you've only been programming for a year, you don't know how to program. Yet. Yeah. And that's not a that's not a terrible thing. I just know where you are. Yeah. No, although I have met, you know, one year people, two year people, five year people that um are superior to their peers with the same number of years of experience. So I think, you know, it's kind of ah, going back superior, to that. But superior in what way? I think that's something to qualify too. 
mm, superior as in um, their logic is more sound. They come to uh, answers quicker. They can solve uh, like a larger variety of problems, right? It's just like the definition of being a programmer, they are better at it, right? It's certainly true. You see that in any, almost yep. any technical field. So I think, I think you're right. You can't just, yeah, you can't just put a, a straight number of, you know, years on it, but I do think it is useful for sure to classify. It is, it is. And the reason I was, I was just challenging that is that just because like, I've known people who were just wonderful coders at their thing, but they've never actually solved a problem. Meaning they've never jumped into somebody else's code and fixed somebody's real world problem, or they code their thing in isolation, meaning I built the most beautiful tower, but I've never actually put it in the middle of the city, so I don't know how it fits into the rest of the landscape. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of different things that experience can can give you. And experience doesn't have to be years. Uh, you could get the same experience over a year if you've only been there for a year, if you're in the right team. Uh, it all depends upon your environment. And I think that's one of the first learning experiences young developers go through, young meeting experience-wise, is it's not just the code. It's how do you solve problems? How do you interact with your teammates? How do you work with your customers and your stakeholders? Do you solve problems too quickly or do you solve them too slowly? Because there is a balance there too, right? Mm, yeah. I will jump no, here though because I've also seen people that wind up on a team, they wind up staying on that team for two or three years and every with everybody else also staying on that team. And so they're the junior even though they've been around for a few years and know the system as well as anyone else. And so, yeah, I've got one of those guys on my team right now. He's been on my team for three years, but he's only the junior because the rest of the people on the team have been doing this for 10, 15 years. Yeah. But, like, but he's awesome. Can, can he keep up? Like, oh, he can, absolutely. But he's still classified as, that's bizarre to me that he's still the junior. Like, Yeah, that's corporate world, though. You know, you've got to have different levels of people according to HR. And uh, it's a shame. It's a shame. But this particular person is phenomenal. Uh, I would trust him with anything I wanted to do. Lucas, you wanted so, to jump in? Yeah, if I could just go back to uh, John's comment, I, I think he made a really good point, is that, I mean, ultimately with programming, we're trying to solve problems. And so I think, you know, when I imagine a spectrum of junior to like a senior programmer, it's, I think it's a person's ability to not only to build things, but to build things that behave in a predictable manner. And so as I became more skilled and became more of a craftsman, my ability to solve problems or express ideas happened in a much more predictable manner and began to happen at scale. So, for instance, um, I started in Flash uh, using ActionScript like, um, 1, which is very much like ES5, and I didn't really have a sense of object-oriented programming. And so by learning OOP, I was able to express my ideas a little bit more elegantly and then from there, I learned about uh, pattern-oriented design, design patterns, which allowed me to then build things um, even at more scale that fit together better, better and was more predictable. But then I think really the pinnacle or the mark of what I consider to be a really, truly you know, senior and experienced engineer is their ability to introduce predictability to existing and unstable systems so that when you actually look at a code base that's you know legacy code or it's somebody's already... Um, you know, got a head start on it that, you know, they can not only introduce code that makes it more stable, but also communicate that, you know, to the team. And so, you know, that comes in a, a soft component. But, you know, I think it's really stability and predictability at scale, which yeah. start, you know, OOP, then like pattern oriented, pattern oriented design, and then moving on to actually like refactoring and, and working with legacy code. And 
Um, that's just been my experience over the last, you know, 15 years is taking bad code and making it good. Mm. Is equally- I agree, Lucas. I think I got a raw deal, though, because I, I was kind of thrown into my first real dev job of like legacy code. Right. And it's very um, don't touch that directive. You might break half the website <laughs> kind of thing. And so <laughs> I, I got to tell you, that's great experience. Elizabeth, and all of, no, seriously, oh, you don't know. You don't even know how many nights I've just been like up crying because I'm like, I think I'm going to get fired. And he's like, my, my husband will come over and he'll be like, no, honey, this is a job for like somebody who like really, really knows the inner workings of Angular. And he's like, and you just got to do your best. And so, I mean, that's what I've been doing. But I just feel like if that's what you're saying is, you know, what senior people are up doing, I'm like, well, dang it. I'm like up here, up against the rails, like, ah. <laughs> well, the other angle on that is it may not be deep. Uh, knowledge of Angular, maybe deep knowledge of that system. Mm. And that's another thing that I think throws people off when they're trying to gauge whether they're a senior or not, is they work on a very highly complex system with a lot of moving parts, and they never completely feel like they get it. And so they classify themselves as a junior developer because they there's so much more to learn, where in reality, they have a pretty good handle on sort of the common tools that exist across uh, that particular thing, whether it's Angular or Rails or OOP or something mm-hmm. else. Well, let me give you a tangible instance, for example. So I've seen developers who don't think about this and ones who do. Let's say inside your NPM package JSON, you're not using, you're using tilde or using caret or using greater than or using an equals. What are you using for your versions in there? That's the kind of decision that I think beyond junior developer. Junior developers trying to get it to work I think a senior developer is thinking about what happens after today, tomorrow when Angular comes out with a new version. Will this break my code? Those are the kind of things I think uh, the decisions come into, and you start learning about it the more you code. Mm, do you? That that's like perfect. Like I love that, but I'm just really curious if we could ever put a number to it. And I know it'd be like a really wide range number because obviously ex- like experiences are all different in different companies but i'm just wondering like how long of just like you know in it does it take is it five years is it literally yeah. like 10 to 20 like honestly i don't know it's I not think zero that's it's all not, I know. yeah it's non-zero <laughs> that was where i started with well i know what junior is but i don't find any other i don't find senior to be a terribly useful concept I'll tell you, I'm yeah. looking for someone that has 20 years experience with Angular 2. So. Well, yeah, the other side is you can have somebody who's got literally six years of Angular 1 experience who isn't very good. I mean, we've all known developers who've been doing this for years, uh, and they're not really good at what they're doing. Uh, I have been doing Java for 20 years. I am awful at Java. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I'm not a Java dev. Well, wait a second. There's a difference between I don't like know all the ins and outs of this framework, and I'm awful at this technology, right? There, you can not know the ins and outs of a framework and still write decent code, whereas people there are plenty of people who might know the ins and outs of a framework and not necessarily write uh, code that you would be happy to maintain. Yeah, are are we are we um, correlating junior senior blah 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 with knowledge about technology a particular technology or even a set of technologies? Because if we are, that's not how I think. Well, that's oftentimes a. Very no, easy, I don't think so. easily used measure for what is senior or junior. I mean, obviously, the first measurement people ever apply is years of experience. 
right? And that becomes their litmus test for what is a senior versus what is a junior. And this is a problem that exists all over the place. This is, this is exactly like when you go on an interview and they make you do coding exercises on a whiteboard, right? Which is completely useful because we code all day long on a whiteboard. That's what I do at my job. I code on a whiteboard. But so I, yeah. No, of course, it's, it's ridiculous, right? So what does code. that even mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> so well, hold, on, I'm getting, hold on, I'm getting to a point here. All right, dumpster fire. The reason that that is used, that whiteboard coding is used in interviews, is not because it's a good practice. It's because it's an easily measurable practice, right? And this, go, let me continue my rant into standardized testing in schools. They don't measure well how students are progressing, but they're easy to do. The ACT is a terrible test, but it's easy to grade. And that's why it is the gold standard for college entrance exams, because it's easy to grade, not because it's a good test. So going back to the problem is, is that if it was, the measurement is really, really, really difficult, then it's so vague and subjective that it could becomes nearly useful, useless, excuse me. So you have to play this balance between what is an, a useful label and what is an easy label to apply Right, so years of experience becomes extremely easy. Uh, knowledge of a system is a little bit more difficult, but still fairly easy to say that somebody makes that makes somebody a senior or not a senior. When in reality, I would prefer somebody writes good code and their knowledge of the system is potentially a lot less important, unless I need something done in the next couple of weeks. I'm I, I'm still kind of lost because I don't partly I don't know what what we're looking for in terms of these distinctions. And, um, well, Alyssa, uh, I almost, I almost never, yeah, yeah. And I almost never, and my answer to that is I almost never asked that question. I never have asked for anybody who is a senior, this or that. I've never, you know, I, I mean, I, I, that's just not it. I have, when I'm, if I'm hiring for a position, then I'm thinking about what the qualities of that position are. And then I'm going and looking for somebody who has related experience, um, a relevant experience to that. And then I'm, and then I have the challenge of finding out, um, how, you know, do they actually have it or did they just look good when they walked in or on paper? Um, and, That's discrimination, by the way. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> Looking good in a different sense. In the in the um, yeah, whatever. You know what I meant. Um, so I'm glad so, I could throw you off word. Yes, you did. Uh, this is a this is a difficult thing because I mean this is why I don't I never turn this decision over HR because they're looking for a scoring sheet and that they never send me anybody that I'm actually interested in hiring. Um, so, but, but yet I understand that in larger organizations that have to hire quickly, they need uh, an HR department. They need a screen, and um, since they can't know the substance, right. they have to have some artifacts that they point to. But I'm, I guess, I've just been lucky enough that I've never tried to hire massive amounts of people. I'm always hiring one well, or two. When you get like a people. thousand resumes, right? You need somebody to filter those thousand, and unfortunately, or fortunately, HR will do that and get you down to 20 or 50. And at that point, what honestly, what I look for, I'm with you, Ward. I don't look for a role like junior, senior, principal, whatever, even though the HR might title them that way. What I look for is first, does this person, let's just choose Angular, does this person at least have a project where they used it? Mm -hmm. And then I look at the resume and say, okay, they've got the buzzwords. The second thing I look for in the resume, <laughs> I'm divulging my information here, is I look to see, did this person word it as worked on a team where they did Angular? or 
wrote this service with Angular that did XYZ. There's a difference in the way they communicate that might indicate this person just happened to be along for the ride versus they were the ones who actually did this work. Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of people I look for, the ones who actually built something, designed something, solved a problem, not just kind of tagged along. Let's take a break from this episode and really quickly talk about finding a job. You know, searching for a job can feel stressful, scary, and time-consuming. Pushy recruiters try to sell you on roles you don't actually want, and the job boards make you feel like you're throwing your resume into a black hole never to be seen again. And sometimes you go all the way through an interview process just to find out that the very end that the salary offer or company culture doesn't match what you're looking for. Well, there's a solution. Hired.com is the world's most intelligent talent matching platform for full-time and contract opportunities. They make the job search faster, focused, and stress-free instead of endlessly applying to companies and hoping for the best. Hired puts you in control of how and when you connect with compelling opportunities. And after completing one simple application, top employers apply to you. And the best part is, is that you get money. That's right. They pay you if you get a job through them. Listeners to this show can earn double their normal hiring bonus by signing up with the show's link. That's right. You get $2,000 instead of $1,000. So go sign up at Hired.com slash Adventures in Angular. You just can't argue against a good portfolio. When somebody can look at their, just point at the repo and say, look, I've done these things. This is how I did it. And, you know, what are they going to say? Like, no, like you did not do it. And so that's actually, um, I, I worked for a company that we would interview interns for the summer. And that, and it was funny that John said that because I, the bar was so low after like a day of trying to pull information out of these college students where they'd say, oh, we worked on a team and this is what we did. And I could never get them to articulate something that they personally did in concrete terms. Had somebody said, hey, I went on the internet and I did a tutorial and it took me about an hour and this is what I learned. This is you know, what I liked about it. I would have just fallen over and hired them on the spot um, because <laughs> the way that they were framing it is it was very you know, general and we did this thing and they couldn't actually talk in specific terms, which was, um, was really frustrating to me. So just pro tip, if you are ever in an interview, being able to talk in concrete terms about what you've done and articulate it in very specific and real life context will just go a long, long ways. Yeah, I'll just pile on that too. So right now I'm actually looking to hire a new virtual assistant. So this isn't programming, but at the same time, um, my business coach is pushing me to write some key performance indicators for this person. And that's essentially what everyone's talking about. I want somebody that can do these things. They can perform in these ways. They can contribute in these ways because ultimately they're going to reach those performance indicators. They're going to do the things that pay off. And if I don't have any indication that you can hit those, then I'm not so interested in hiring. Have you, I have like all of you often had the experience where, because I've heard it twice now where you, you know, interview someone and you get this feeling or this idea about who they are. And then, you know, a week or month later, they're like not measuring up. Does that happen often or not really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a theory out there that says that you actually make the decision in the first 10 seconds. And then you spend the rest of the interview trying to justify why you felt that way. (laughs) Yeah, I compensate for that by trying to talk myself out of it. I was going to interrupt you because I think you might have input on this. Like if you're hiring a consultant versus a full-time employee, that's a different decision too. Meaning a consultant, I could try them out for a week or two 
and go back and say, it's not working, go back to the consulting agency, get somebody different. But as a full-time employee, that's a, a lot of cost to have turnover if you make the wrong decision. Don't you so have to a... Me, I make... Go ahead. Don't you have a, a, peri- a period of time in which you can just sort of see, you know, they're on probation? Yeah. yeah? I mean, yeah. I would, for all my employing stuff, it's a, there's a probation period, and it's a no-tiers thing, and I'm really clear about it. Yeah, and I say, is that depending on your state law, you may wind up paying unemployment and what have you, having brought them yeah. on. Yeah, I, knew, I yeah. usually know in two or three weeks. It's better, look, you know, it's better, obviously you do the best you can because you don't want anybody to, there are going to be bad feelings if you have to say say goodbye. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so you're going to do your best, but I don't even assume that with my best, um, I'm going to have a success. I've hired plenty of people that just didn't work out. They look, you know, they forgive the expression, they look good, um, but they, uh, it just didn't happen. And, and they look great. In some cases, you know, I couldn't believe my, you know, what I, I, everything was so great in the interview. They were so impressive. They were so impressive at the board. And um, then they just, uh, uh, I, they are you talking about me, Ward? Are you I talking am. about me? I am. Let's take <laughs> Let's take John for example. You know, <laughs> uh, you, you know, I'm, or you, 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 the chemistry's not there, or they have practices that don't align with yours, or you suddenly discover that they um, care about um, uh, things that you don't think are worth caring about, or you care like about Star Wars. That, that they say exactly. Star Wars word. It could be Star <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wars. Uh, it could be. Well, let me ask you this word. Here's a concrete question for you. If uh, if you're interviewing somebody, and this you ask them a question that is important to you and they look up the answer by googling it <laughs> what do you what are you feeling then i've asked the wrong question really it's my fault uh, because i don't i'm never I, i'm just so rarely interested in their exact skills i'm much more interested in how they solve problems and whether they well, see, even understand isn't the that problem solving the a problem place. though but isn't that solving a problem by googling it uh yeah, but I mean, I'm neither. In other words, I'm not going to ask a question that you can easily solve by looking it up in Google. That, yep, that, I, that's I what. I, that's why I say I've asked the wrong question. In other words, I'm I not. You know, I mean, at, at a certain level, I'm interested in if you know some syntax. So if you, if I say, hey, you know, go up and write an Angular component for me, and they don't, and they have to look up at component, well, then I, it's off. Okay, so. That, but that's like saying, would you come in and play something on the piano for me? And they have to paint the key, keys red, blue, green. I mean, then I know, all right, we're out of here. All right? Because there's yeah. a minimum threshold. But I usually assume I'm past that point. Uh, and, I, and for example, if they get the brackets on the ng model on the outside instead of the inside you know i don't care or they or they can't remember what the method is on the router i don't care because we're beyond that point they, if they've demonstrated just basic facility i don't care because i'm much more interested in whether they can solve a problem that uh i've got for them to solve mm-hmm. i agree 100 percent. i mean you you want to like the questions i generally ask I usually spend about a minute on technical, just to kind of see, do they at least know what this thing is? And then I focus most of my time on two things. One is, how do you solve this problem? Let's say I gave you an app that had to have X, Y, and Z, orders and customers. You had to use Angular to do this. How would you get the orders into a database? You can pick any technology you want. And just actually walk them through what, you know, their own uh, discussion. And what I mean by that is, they start describing how they build it. And based upon how they answer, I ask them more questions. 
Sometimes they'll say, oh, I should create a service, for example. Okay, well, what should that service look like? What should it do? What's its responsibility? You know, I don't care about the code. What I care about is how do they think and how do they mm-hmm. communicate and how do they answer? And when they don't know something, I look for this. And this is, a, this is the biggest thing that bothers me. A lot of times people don't know the answer. They don't say, I don't know. Just say, I don't know. I that shows a maturity. I always go for the same thing. Yep. If yeah. I don't get an I don't know in an interview, they failed it because I will push until I find one. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that a lot lately, actually. Of they'd much rather hear an I don't know than you kind of blather through a made-up answer. Yeah, the second thing I look for, too, which is actually harder to measure, but I usually find a way, and it's based upon the first answers, is I'm trying to figure out how this person will handle adversity. They're always going to be thrown into problems where teammates, customers, stakeholders, business, whoever, is going to cause some kind of strife in the project. And when you're faced with that, it's important to know how people will behave and how they will actually act. Will they put in the extra time? Will they communicate clearly? Will they just put their hair on fire and run around like a crazy woman or man? <laughs> uh, it's, I, I push to see what they're going to be like because these are the people I want in the trench with me. I want a Ward Bell in there who is not flustered. I do not want somebody who's going to run around like a chicken with their head cut off like my cat. How can you test that, though, in like a 30-minute interview? Oh, it's, it's not that hard. It's very it's easy. It's not that hard. Uh, <laughs> one of the ways to do that is to actually ask the person very hard questions about something that they did. You start by making it easy. You say, tell me something you're proud of. Show me, you know, tell me about the last project where you were and where you did something. I don't care what it was that you were proud of. And then... They either can or they can't. And then I ask them to diagram it. That's what I use for the board. Uh, and I ask, then I start probing about why one decision, with, why, what made that an important thing to do? Why was that a value? Um, and then I start challenging it. And by challenging it or say, well, suppose that we didn't care about X, but we really cared about Y. I try and put, you know, these are the ways I create stressors for the person in an interview. And I think they're fair stressors. And um, are they able to be, uh, are they nimble in responding to that um, or do they freeze um, is a way of finding out. Yeah, here's the easy one too. In Angular, why did you choose UI router over the Angular router? Make somebody actually explain why so you can communicate. It's not important what they chose. It's how did they pick it. Anyway, I think what you're driving at, the thing that I'm picking up here from John and Ward are basically... A, do you do you know enough and do you have enough experience to figure out the answer? And can you come to that conclusion and implement it properly? And then the other thing I'm hearing is, uh, given whatever situations is, we have on our team, again, yeah. what, what, what does that get us? So does this actually stop? does circle back. Sorry. So uh, this does circle back to the whole junior-senior developer thing. Right. Because for me, the spectrum... The, the, your ability to respond in these different ways is an indicator of your experience. Not your experience in this particular technology, but of, of the experience that I, um, as a developer. Uh, because long-time experience of a developer means that you've been thrust into 
long, rich experience. I don't mean long time experience. Somebody could have been sitting in the same chair writing the same programs for 10 years. But the kind of rich experience that I think we're talking about means that you have the problems that you faced have changed. The people you've had to work with have changed. Um, the pressures have changed. And uh, over time, you've developed uh, a wide variety of strategies for uh, solving problems that are both complex of technical and social problems. And that's what I'm looking for. That's what makes you senior to me. But does it make you senior or does it just make you hireable? Or is that the same thing? Uh, well, I think people ha- – I fully recognize that people are uh, uh, at different levels along that spectrum, right? And I'm happy to hire somebody any, uh, along that spectrum if they fit the job. Okay. I don't have to have somebody um, who has um, – you know, who is necessarily a great presenter or who is necessarily seen it all. Uh, otherwise, nobody would get hired. I would never have been hired. Uh, you know, I mean, I spent the first 10 years of my experience being very foolish uh, and effectively unhirable, I think. I have no idea. I have <laughs> like no idea. foolish in your development? Like, did you did you choose ActionScript over JavaScript or something? Like- oh, it was far worse than that. I did things <laughs> like... like you know, I, 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 oh, it's just so embarrassing. Um, My job description says must love Star Wars, so you are unhirable, Ward. I am unhirable. No, at one point, for one client, I said I, could re- I can really do that project that you really need. But in order for you to have that, you need a relational database. And since relational databases didn't exist yet in commercial form, I'll write the relational database, you know, in my language. And then I'll solve your problem. Okay, terrible judgment. But I was so it was so cool, you know. uh, Relational databases were so fresh and new, and nobody had them. And I I figured I'd write one uh, because. Do you ever worry we're like that with Angular too? Well, I see the same thing happen all the time. Like, oh, I don't know, maybe um, maybe uh, what we have to do is forget everything we know about um, immutable stuff and we should make sure that everything's immutable and observable and uh, I'm just saying, you know, people get on these hobby horses and they've never really done it before, but they've been reading about it. They heard a tip and they decided that they've got to bring that technology to your business problem, whether your business problem needs it or not. That is the sign of somebody on that spectrum from beginner to super experienced. And somebody who does that is early in that spectrum, in my view. Makes sense. So one other thing that I just wanted to hit while we're talking about this and sort of a measure for seniorness, uh, I don't know what word there, experienceness, whatever. Um, Lucas brought up this Lambda Conf um, standardized ladder of functional programming, and it has certain concepts and skills that if you have a good understanding for you uh, qualify as a fire ceramic or an ice scrig or something. Um, which, uh, yeah, Joe, I think, pointed out when we were talking about it, they just didn't want to say noob. Um, but <laughs> my, my question is, um, is something like this useful? Or is it going to be different for each project or each company or each team or each whatever? Well, yeah, I mean, this is pretty specific to functional programming. Yeah, so it does give you skill specific. measurements potentially in functional programming, but it doesn't necessarily. And you know what's kind of funny is 
They have the same, it's, it's broken down into concepts and skills on each level. And there's the same number of concepts and skills on each level, which makes me feel like this is fairly artificial. Mm. <laughs> like, hey, we need exactly eight concepts here. So we had exactly eight concepts. We've got to have exactly eight skills. But yeah. um, I mean, this is this is so specific to that. So yeah, but if I had somebody put one together for Angular, is there so it'd be useful for an Angular that would be, job? Oh my gosh, that'd be so cool, honestly, to see like you're a junior Angular developer, you're gonna like have a good like grasp on these concepts and have these skills versus like mid or senior. That'd be amazing to see. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You have to be like so. I'm gonna chime in because or something though on the there is a there is a company trying to do this, and that's uh, Plural Site. And I'll be <laughs> disclaimer: I do work for them. And one of the things they're doing, which I took, was a skills assessment uh, for Angular. And I was, it was interesting because I took this and there were the quizzes that myself wrote, uh, Ward wrote some, Joe Eames wrote some, Lucas was in there. It's all this like learning path stuff they have. And after I was done, uh, they rated me on a scale of like 1 to 250, I think it was. But it was interesting to see how they did this. They bought a company called Smarterer, mm. which doesn't sound very smart to me, but <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> so they bought Smarterer, which has done a lot of work on this to figure out how do you rate people uh, so companies can try to solve this problem. But what I what I didn't like about it was, I think, obviously, a lot of the questions were arbitrary. But mm-hmm. what I did like is instead of saying you're junior, senior, principal, noob, et cetera, they just kind of put you on a scale and said, okay, based upon where you are on the scale where everybody else is in this database, here are the things you probably should go learn next versus here's the stuff you shouldn't even look at because you already know it. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, no, I've heard about smarter or... And I've actually been to the Plural Site office and this, like the seen the smarter people, so I knew they were working on that. But I didn't know that they like even did suggestions and stuff after your quiz. So that's pretty cool. Now that would be a a a ranking for somebody who was being hired to program in that language. Would that be correct? Yes. You know that's very useful if that's what I'm hiring for. I'm hiring for somebody to to execute. Um, uh, an awful lot of really important jobs in the development sphere, um, you may or may not be expected to be developing software as your, you know, as the primary responsibility. And, yeah, and like that, a lot of times they're hiring for a variety of skills too. Like you're expected to know whatever is thrown at you. Yeah. Hmm. And some of it you just say, look, I'll learn that when I need it. Uh, I don't think it's your measure. You know, I may. I may feel that you're not measuring for something that um, uh, will ultimately benefit you. Uh, so, I, again, I'm like, a little bit like Joe earlier, I have this sort of a knee-jerk reaction to tests. <laughs> I understand the need for them because we have to make quick decisions and we want some degree of objectivity. On the other hand, since I can't pass those tests, um, I generally don't think much of them. Uh, because what else am I going to think? <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah. I mean, they are a measurement, and I think it's worth looking at them. I mean, if somebody got a zero out of 250 on that score, for example, I would oh, say, yeah, probably probably no. But just because they got a 200 or a 250 on it doesn't mean I'd hire them either. Right. Yeah. I think it's funny how, you know, like we're talking about your experience level as a developer, and development in and of itself is very, like, ABC and there's like all these formulas, you know, it adds up. And yet this is something that we're kind of coming to the conclusion that it's not exactly tangible in that way. There is not a, you know, take this test or do this one interview tactic to know um, fully. So I think it's really interesting. But 
Yeah, I mean, the tests test for what they test for. And if they, uh, and as somebody who's reviewing it, you look and say, I find this useful and only useful so far. Uh, so with, with, as long as you know why you're using the test uh, and know how much value that test has for the job that you're about to put that person uh, to work on, then I, I think it's just fine. Uh, I'd be afraid to use it for pay decisions or overall hire decisions to just blindly use it. Uh, and I've been lucky enough not to be in a position where I've had to, to do something like that. Uh, so I don't know how this, this helps the question uh, for you, uh, where you started, Alyssa, which I think was a great question, which is, when do I stop being a junior and how is anybody going to know? And um, my instinct is... Um, yeah, it stops happening when people stop asking the question. <laughs> <laughs> and if they don't, then you have two places to look. One, in yourself. And the other is, uh, maybe I'm in the wrong place here. If they're still talking about me, if they still yeah, find... It doesn't really matter. Me, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, then if they're still talking about me and they're saying junior, then I have to figure out what's what's going on there. Uh, yeah. maybe, I don't, maybe it's time for me to go someplace where I'm appreciated. Well, and it was definitely coming from a place because I am a junior developer, but my title isn't junior. It's just flat out like engineer, I think, actually. So it wasn't even coming from a place of, you know, this is a struggle at work, but it's just kind of a talk that I've been having with, with some people in the industry and some local people here in Orlando of like, you know, what does that actually mean? And what does that look like um, for yourself? Because I think it's important, you know, outside of getting a job, um, just to constantly be challenging yourself and to have a way of measuring that and knowing where you're at is always important. And so I've, I've like in the last month, I think I've gotten three different people who've never touched development before and they came up to me and they're like, how do I get started? What do I do? Right. And so when I'm talking to people like that versus people like myself who have, you know, like a year, maybe if I pull everything together and then versus people like you guys that are like legends that can do anything that I could throw at you. Right. Like, um, it's just an interesting concept that I really wanted to kind of put into a formula, but it's, it's looking like there isn't one, you know, like there's not a set, this check mark, this check mark, this check mark. So. Look, if people are coming to you and asking you for stuff, then you know you're adding value and you're gaining experience and you're getting somewhere. If I'm not coming to you and asking you, Alyssa, how can I, you know, how do I do this? Because uh, I know you know something, then there's something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, there's nobody here. Um, uh, you know, I mean, you can you, you said all that stuff, and it's it makes me blush. But there's, <laughs> I, I tell you, I don't feel that way. I don't know that. Uh, the people that I um, really that's hang bizarre out with to me. Think I feel like that, you should walk like you walk around in those awesome suits. I feel like that's your you know that's your developer yeah. bling. <laughs> that's my bling. Yeah, but uh, I, you know I'm I'm always uh, stunned. There's just nobody because most of the time I don't I feel like I don't know what I'm doing and I don't feel bad about it. That's the thing. I don't feel you know, like I'm an imposter because I consider that to be the state of our art. Well, isn't that part of what we do right now? Is we are constantly embattled with. When you're really, I think when you're a senior developer, that means you're constantly doing things you're not sure if you can do. You're yeah. challenging yourself. Yeah. Mm. What you have is faith that because you have conquered these things before, you'll do so again. Um, the fact that there's something that you don't know doesn't bother you anymore. 
Um, that doesn't that you don't sit around and say, well, you know, I've seen I saw that back in 1968. You don't say that, uh, you know, you, you say, oh, you know, let's see how this correlates with something I've had in my experience. Let's bring my experience to it. But I'm not going to let my experience run roughshod over this new thing that's coming. And you just feel I think that that's what happens. You, you just feel like this is the place you belong. And belonging means that you're ready to take on new things that you don't know you're ready to share what you do know with others and that's the sign of a senior person mm, well i think you all because this has been a really interesting discussion and there's been lots of value and i do feel better about the journey ahead for not only myself but for the other noobs below me because i feel like uh i don't know it's it's a, a much more positive and less jaded version than i have seen in in others so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Feel good about it. Just have fun. Uh, and if I don't feel, if I'm not a noob on something that I'm not working hard enough, and I know John feels the same way, you know, we're constant and everybody here, we, we just can't wait to be totally incompetent again. It's a great experience. <laughs> well, if I'm not, I'm getting bored. I mean, that was the thing that pushed me into, okay, you know, now I want to learn Angular or now I want to learn React Native or now I want to learn this other thing. You know, it's the same thing with a lot of the areas of business that I'm struggling with right now. It's, well, I, I need to figure this stuff out. And yeah, it gets so boring if you're just doing the same thing over and over anyway. <laughs> kind of sounds like uh, what makes a good developer someone with ADD, right? Like, <laughs> okay, I got this now. I'm bored. Let's go to the next thing. <laughs> you would be surprised. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to picks. We're already over our time. We started late, but still. Um, John, what, what are your picks? So I'm going to make uh, two picks in general. One is that if you take anything out of today, I hope that you take out of this that classifications really are, aren't very good for anybody except for HR. You know, just do your best in your interview and uh, try to solve problems with people and show the value and how you can be unique when you're trying to get a job. Uh, don't worry about what they title you. Worry more about being happy and having an impact. So my second pick is using a tool that's been old, uh, been around for a while, called Postman. It's great for doing HTTP inspection. Um, a lot of you may know about it. Some of you may not, but it's fantastic. And then my third pick is today I taught Hour of Code to my second grader school. This is the National Hour of Code Week or the international one uh, this week in December. And by the time the show airs, it be over. But you can definitely try this at home or try it with a school in your area. I've done this the past couple of years, and I'll tell you, there's nothing like seeing a group of second graders, I don't know, ninth graders, uh, different age groups, try this tool, and just, it's amazing to see their eyes open to, wow, this is what coding's like, and they get to build, like, Star Wars games or uh, Angry Birds games or whatever else there may be on the site these days. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Go to code.org.com and check that out. Awesome. Ward, what are your picks? Ah, okay. So, um, my pick in keeping with today is um, Billy Collins, who is a poet, a very funny poet. And a lot of, um, we, we were talking about getting senior, and I'm feeling more and more senior. So, one of his poems, I'll just begin the beginning part, is called Forgetfulness. And you'll get a taste of this guy. So, it begins like this. The name of the author is the first to go, followed obediently by the title, the plot, the heartbreaking conclusion, the entire novel, which suddenly becomes one you have never read, never even heard of. 
as if one by one, the memories you used to harbor decided to retire to the southern hemisphere of the brain, to a little fishing village where there are no phones. All right, you can imagine where this goes from here. Um, it's very funny, um, but it's very true about what's happening in my memory these days. And uh, <laughs> take it from there. Go read Billy Collins, very funny poet. All right, I've got a few picks I'm going to throw out here today. Um, the first one is Asana. It's a task management system. Um, I don't know that I would use it for software projects, but it's really great for um, processes and things like that. Um, you know, for example, uh, putting together conferences or podcasts or whatever. And so I'm, I'm really liking that. Um, the second pick that I have is uh, basically, how do I put it? Um, so I discovered the a few ideas. I mentioned uh, KPIs or uh, key performance uh, indicators. Um, and I'm learning a ton about this stuff. But the other thing that I have figured out is uh, having standard operating procedures when you're working on stuff that you do over and over again, like producing a podcast. Um, and so I've been documenting that. And then um, I can hand some of that off to somebody else and I don't have to worry about it every week, which is also very nice. So uh, I'm going to pick that as well. Um, and yeah, just, just the ideas behind, you know, getting a process and a system around things that you do routinely. Um, anyway, um, those are my picks. And uh, yeah, I don't think we have any other announcements. Uh, we don't have any ng-conf organizers here to tell us great news about stuff. So uh, we'll go ahead and wrap the show up. Catch you all next week. 